Hi guys, it's Chris. Just a quick note before this episode and a deep apology from me. Being new to the podcasting game, I forgot to make sure we were recording through the proper microphone for this episode. And so we're recording through my laptop mic. Less good. Uh, The quality has suffered a little bit, but I promise by the next episode, we're back on our A game. The content is still good. I encourage you still to listen if you can. Um, But it's just a little note that we know. The quality is not great on this episode, and I hope you still enjoy listening. Thanks. So you slept in. Hey, we are not judging you. Sometimes you just need a little bit more sleep. And if you need to snooze, we'd rather you did it at home in your warm, comfy bed than in our less than comfy uh, for sleeping at these pews. Mm. And you can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday morning sleep in podcast. Now, we don't want to undervalue what it means to go to church. Church is a place where we gather with intergenerational community, not a place, a lot of places you do that left in the world. There's kids running around. There's cookies. Of course, Methodist potlucks are infamous. There's great music. uh, And there's something about being in that space together that's really important. But we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers, but we are people who value the gospel and want to help our congregation We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or out running errands and just crammed your life so full, you don't miss everything that's floating around the church these days. At least you'll get uh, some of the ideas and maybe have some time for reflection. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. And so whatever day it is when you're listening to this, I want you to snuggle in or pay attention, a cup of coffee or a, a nice comfy place, and receive this message with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, another quick note, we're Methodists, right? So we don't actually dictate your theology. Our ideas are ideas that get you thinking about what you believe. We don't need you to agree with us. We don't need you to not question us, we actually just kind of want to provoke some thoughts of your own. And it is our sincere hope that as you have those conversations with yourself or maybe with the people around you, that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are uh... We're on the downhill slope into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and I am on the fourth week of my sermon series based on the book called Awaiting the Already. Yes. Yes. So we finally got to the mystical John. Ooh, John. John and um, the lovely and beautiful poetry uh, that begins the book of John. Also known as the obscure and mystifying poetry that begins the book of John. It's gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And that's really where I want to start conversation about this text is really in like the use of the expression that John evokes because I think 
if you heard it and had a significant connection with the text, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There's something about it, and, and John uses the image of Word and, and life and light, and he sort of weaves them together in this gorgeous way of talking about who Jesus is. Logos, the logic of God. The logic of God, that here it is among us, and we have the famous message version word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood yeah but i even like the revised standard version which said takes up residence among us there's just something so powerful about that and i really was struck this week as i looked at this text about the cosmic setting that john gives because we have been if you've been listening to this podcast you understand that i've been looking at each of the Gospels and their portrayals of who Jesus is, what their Christology is, how, 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 how they frame Jesus coming into the world, right? And mm-hmm. we start with Mark, who just comes in. <laughs> he, he doesn't worry about, he, 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 here's Jesus, here's John, we're in the desert, here's baptism. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Right, right Mark, say go. Mark doesn't do a lot of exposition. No, no. And then we were talking, then we talked about Matthew, who has the shepherds and the angels and, no. The genealogies. The genealogy. Sorry, the gene. That's yeah. the genealogy. Genealogy. And wise men. Wise, wise men. Yes. And yes. Joseph gets the dream. Yeah, and Joseph gets Joseph gets the dream. It's all about Joseph. And then we get Luke, who has the who has the rest of the the Christmas pageant with yeah. the shepherds and the angels, Mary and Elizabeth Mary and, and the Elizabeth. Magnificat, which yeah. is gorgeous. Uh, as well. Mary's yeah. basically rebellion. Yeah, exactly. But then we have John, who just who just puts the story this cosmic set it's not about a family it's not about place like there's no like oh little town of bethlehem in this story this is, is there like, a donkey and there's no donkey <laughs> yet there's no donkey in the story Surprise, still no donkey still no donkey i've been talking about the donkey all this time and there's no donkey uh, um, disappointing the way that john puts the the fulfillment of the promise that god has made into this cosmic place and just kind of sit there for a little bit. And not to make you feel small, not to make us feel tiny, but to put it in perspective of it all. Right, um, to, to find our place in our this place story. In this story, right. Yeah. On Sunday, I really, I wanted to make sure that we, under, we realized that John, John's not the only time this happens in the, in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? There's a real connection between John 1 and Genesis 1. Yes, and we have this sense of these concentric circles of connection, of, of revelation, maybe, is yeah. the way to put it, right? So in Genesis, we go from the formless void into the creation of light, and the separation of land and water, and the creation of animal growth of plants, creation mm-hmm. of animals, and then yeah. we have humans, right? That sort of, like, that rhythm that of, rhythm of and then something, something was created, and it was good, and then right. something was created, and it was good. and Exactly. And then in John, the way John tells this story he starts with the word uh-huh. right and that's kind of shapeless and void right i mean yeah. it's like it's not empty but it's not well in the spoken appear. nature of creation in genesis right, right? god speaks, speaks and something right. happens so this word so definitely a connection yeah and the way that john talks about the word existing mm. and then the word you know, as the source of all life and light and then uh, the light and its power that create all and and the way that that word becomes flesh. Right. And as I mentioned a little bit ago, you know, moves into the neighborhood. Right. Um, and rather than the word being something that's just spoken, it's something that is incarnate, right? Right, right. It, right. Is, right. Like it, it has... Goes from, it goes from that amorphous to that 
that powerful force to that yeah. amorphous, but also then it goes into this physical lived experience. Lived experience. Like it has matter, it has weight. Yeah. That was my, my focus this week. And then it got me to thinking about light mm. and was in the car the other night driving east from downtown towards out towards my folks place and I was shocked that I could see the light on the Grand Sierra Resort. So yeah. if you're not from Reno, there's a resort that's at the end of the runway of the airport. Pilots hate it. Pilots hate it. And it has this big LED screen on the front of it. Yeah. And when you're driving on the other freeway that goes south, you yes. obviously can see it. There's no avoiding it, right? Yeah, yeah. But the other night, it was so clear. It just was one of those nights I went, oh my gosh, I can almost read that sign from over here. Yeah. It kind of got me thinking about the nature of light, that sometimes we're distracted by it and sometimes we don't even see it, mm -hmm. but that light is always present with us. Yeah. And it, and it has some pretty specific nature. You know, there's um, dimmer lights you're not going to see as far, and brighter lights you're going to see farther. And, but we can become immune to it, that light over there, and, and we can go on by it. You and I have been having conversations about the new lights on Circus Circus. Oh, they're so pretty. They are so pretty. But it took a while for us to go, oh, wait. That's happening. That's something's happening, something's right? different. Something's different. And I got thinking about the way that John describes light in mm -hmm. this passage. Because he describes light as something that his wording is, um, and the darkness did not overcome it. Yeah. Or in some versions, did not understand it. Or did not understand it. Yeah. But when you think about that, that's not actually what light is, right? Light right. is a, a thing that inherently will cast a shadow, right? Yeah. I, was, I was preaching it yesterday. I was like, I'm standing up here, and I have a shadow beside me. I see my shadow from the lights above me. Yeah. But the light that John is describing and the way that the metaphor begins to break down, but breaks down in a really illustrative way, mm -hmm. as John start, keeps describing this light, is that the light of Christ, the light that is Christ, the, the light that has come into the world, is a light that doesn't actually cast shadows. Oh, interesting. It breaks the, I mean, because obviously Jeff, John knew that light cast shadows, right? Like, yeah, this is 101. This is 101. This is like, even if we don't know why it exists, right? But John has this description that just basically says there is no darkness in it. And that this light comes and casts light even in the darkest places. Right. Even in the places we're not noticing it yet. Right. And even in the places where we're denying it. Right. The light will shine, even if we say we don't want to uncover that about ourselves. And that there's, like, not collateral damage because of that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, this is, this is how it is. And yeah. I think that's a really powerful image. And it's really helpful because I think we do consciously or subconsciously think about light and darkness. It's sort of this yin-yang thing. Yeah. And one of them is good and one, one of them, them is bad. bad. And, and then that causes all sorts of problems for us. Right, of course. But when we're talking about the light of Christ that is coming into the world, that is being made flesh, that is moving into the neighborhood. It permeates things in ways that we are not expecting. Right. And we are often surprised by. And then it further, in this, in this text, it talks about John being one who came to testify to the light. Yeah. And that's where we come in. Right. That's where humanity comes in. That's where we come in and we go, that's our job. To testify to the to light. To testify to the light. To say the light is here. The world may not look as we want it to, but we are in the midst of the 
beauty and wonder and awe and the creative force and the word speaking in ways we can't name, you know, can't actually speak of, but that we reflect that, that we point to it, that we are a part of that. And that's the call of John's gospel, that John is like, the light has come now, get busy. Yeah. And not just look busy, right. but get busy. Yeah. Um, that the work of reflecting, the work of putting yourself in places where you can help that light be magnified is important. Absolutely. So that's where I kind of left my thoughts. Oh, man, I love it. So there is something, friends and neighbors, called proof texting, which is when, when you pull different scriptures from different books that were written by different people for different purposes in different contexts out of their context and put them together to say that this proves something. So yeah. you have described for us in the last four weeks, four very different images of who Jesus is and how Jesus relates to God right. and how Jesus relates to the world. These were written by four different communities within about a hundred years of each other, Yeah, but they all have sort of different points. Right. right. So I recognize that there is a danger in trying to compare them, but mm-hmm. in John, it talks about Jesus as the light of the world. And then in Matthew, Jesus is preaching a sermon and he turns to his disciples and he says, you are the light of the world, that this is your job. And he he says, they're a city on a hill. And this is where we get that lovely song about put it under a bushel. No, and don't let Satan blow it out, which is, yes, of course, one of my very favorites, but um, (laughs) that was sarcasm. But the idea that this light is something that has come into the world not to show us how great the light is, but so that we can become part of it. Yeah. Um, that this can be part of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's not that, that line in the sand that we often draw between, well, that's what's holy over there. And, right. and I'm what's over here yeah, and I'm right. made of dirt and grits. And right. Um, no, the, no. And John, I mean, John is really setting us up for this reality that we are in the midst of this. Right. And, that, and that's why I really love this whole cosmic sense, right? Like, yeah. like it's not over there and it's not over here and it's not just for me. And it's like John is saying, that I took the wide angle picture. Yeah. If you look here, this is what you see. And this, you know, if, yeah. you know, you get to see the whole thing. And it sets it up for just a couple chapters later when he says, for God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that through Jesus, we might have life. That right. this light is something that draws us in. And not something that excludes us or condemns us, or or asks that we that we be judgmental or we be right. Exclusionary the, that says, shadow stuff doesn't have to no. hide people. Right, right. It also doesn't get to hide us. Right. I mean, that, there's there's the benefit. There's the benefit and the drawbacks. Right. Yeah. There's always that that tug and that pull about um, about how that's going to happen for us. I think Barbara Brown Taylor. Maybe it was Barbara Brown Taylor who said. If you have a friend who tells you the truth about yourself in such a plain way that you want to punch them for it, that's Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus yeah. is going to shine the light in right. your life and point out those things that you wish you could hide, not to judge you in any way, but just, yeah. just kind of say, hey, do you know that you're still trying to hide in the shadow? Yeah. And, uh, and we all need those friends who tell us the truth about ourselves. It's nice to have the friends who tell us we don't look fat in that dress, but it's also good to have yeah. the friends that say, mm, try belt. Yeah. Right? Like, it's good to have both. Maybe not. Yeah. That's not your color. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Susan. You are welcome. And um, as we wrap up today, I just want to say thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories or ideas, 
that you want to share with us, you can reach us at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleep In. The scripture that Susan was talking about today is from John chapter 1, 1 to 18. If you uh, have a Bible in front of you, that's about in the last quarter of the Bible. It's uh, the fourth gospel in the New Testament. Or you can catch it on Bible Gateway or any online source that has scripture available to you for free. The theme music that you heard is called Take Me Higher by Jazar. I want to leave you all with a blessing, a benediction, if you will, a sending forth that this is the time to reflect the light. This is the time to seek it out, to notice the changes in the light around you, and to be a part of what God is already about, and to reflect and magnify the light of Christ that is in this world, and is coming into this world, and will come again. Amen? Amen.